0: Listening to the Full Ten Yards podcast with your host Timothy Lambert Monk. Yes, welcome in everyone. This is the Full Ten Yards podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us. It is Tuesday, the twenty-second of January in the, the the year of our Lord, twenty nineteen. Divisional weekend, uh, sorry, divisional week. That was last week. Uh, championship weekend is done, and we know the Super Bowl combatants. It's going to be the LA Rams and the New England Patriots. Uh, something that not many people really voted for, if you look at Twitter polls for uh, Super Bowl matchups. But never mind. Um, you're just going to have to put up with it. Uh, on today's show, we have myself, Lee, and Adam. We're going to break down both of those championship games that both went to overtime. So if you bet on the, both of those to go overtime, you are a bit stinking rich. But we're also going to talk about the international series games uh, that were announced yesterday and uh, answer to the poll. Quite an interesting question actually that I put out on that and at the end we're going to talk a little bit about um, some coverage of the NFL. Uh, I won't go into too much detail. Of course it's Tuesday so it's the full 10 questions and Lee from the All32 podcast and blog will be joining us to put his knowledge to the test. But Lee and Adam we welcome you in. Did we enjoy football this weekend?
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, I thought they were two good games, actually. Um, plenty to talk about as well, which is good for us in the sort of podcasting community. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was good. Um, I didn't think we got the right teams, but obviously we probably come
2: on for that. But uh, yeah, no, good overall.
0: Mm. Uh, Adam, did you bet? Did you back uh, double uh, double overtime? Uh,
2: not quite. No, they're normally around fifty to one for overtime, isn't it? So it would have been a nice winner, like you said. <laughs> but no. Um... <clears throat> Two brilliant games. Um, really enjoyed both of them. I fell asleep halfway through the Pats, but woke up for the end of the fourth quarter, so at least I got to see the fun bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, what was it? Um, I did write it down here. It was uh, 54 points in that second half. Yeah, not too shabby. But uh, no Roger uh, Goodgroves today. There's not really too many too many funky plays to break down. There were some funky calls, shall we say, and we'll get to those uh, in a second. But like I say, before we do that, uh, yesterday... Uh, the International Series games for 2019-2020 season uh, were announced. Um, we, we Over here in London, we'll be getting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Carolina Panthers uh, in the divisional game, uh, along with the divisional game, uh, AFC South. As usual, the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, will be hosting the Houston Texans. And then the other two games, Cincinnati, Adam, which I'm sure you're related with, uh, take on the uh, potentially Super Bowl champs of the LA Rams. And finally, it's the uh, Khalil Bowl with uh, Chicago and Oakland. Uh, Lee, we'll come to you first. Uh, what, what, did you, what did you think of the games as a, as a whole?
1: Yeah, the, the, the first thing that struck me was unfortunately, it's quite a negative one. I don't think they were as good as last year's games. Um, it was good to get two divisional games. Uh, that obviously add, added, added spice to the, the mixture, uh, which I don't really know how they've done. We were obviously discussing it a moment ago just before we came on. And I'm um, not really sure how they've managed to wrangle like divisional games, which is really good. It obviously like say, adds another layer to it. Mm. And uh, yeah, it should be really good for the
0: fans in that regard. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd say I put a poll out yesterday, Adam. And I, I'm gonna, I'll come to you now that um, you know, if the, the Mexico game is uh, Los Angeles Chargers hosting the Kansas City Chiefs, um, obviously, which is you know the standout the standout fixture of the five uh, international series games uh, next season. But if you if you're an NFL UK fan, would you would you rather have the four London games that, that we've got, or would you rather the uh, Kansas City L.A. Chargers game? Oh, good question.
2: Um, I, I I, think I'd rather have the variation. Obviously, over here you've got so many different teams supported and it just gives people a chance to go and see their team, um, whether it's the best game or not. Obviously, as you've said, um, the Mexico game is the better game. And it makes sense that the Mexico one is because it's less travelling, so I think teams are probably more likely to agree to that one than come all the way over
0: here.
2: Mm. Um, but I, I think the games are actually quite good this year. I, I prefer the variation obviously the Bengals have been over twice in four years now and there's no way I'd be able to see my team without it
0: mm. Mm. yeah true um, I mean I'd like to say when I, when I put the tweet out and I know quite a lot of people probably share the opinion it's, you know it's not us being snobbish it was just a genuine question because it's obviously a you know, a marquee game, the Chiefs and the, and the Chargers. Judging by what what happened th- uh, this season, but yeah, like you say um, Houston and Carolina had never been over to to, to London beforehand, so it's just uh, Packers fans now that uh, are angry at Roger Goodell uh, for not bringing them over yet. But again, un- unless they're playing an away game, they're not they're not going to play. Um, yeah, I mean th- these these games. I said to you, Lee, before we, we started recording that you know these are the kinds of games that can be built up to be you know decent decent games, um, you know close games or maybe shootouts, but they can also be could be broken down into games that could involve you know a, a, a pants Jameis Winston versus Taylor Hennecke you know if, if the rumours are to be believed that Cam Newton's um, going to do an Andrew Luck impression and not play for a season but um, yeah I mean quite a lot of these games you know Chicago and Oakland game I'm not, I'm not too sure myself if anyone would be interested in this game if Khalil Mack were you know hadn't Switched to to those two teams. I wonder if that was part of the reason why they 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 put that over here. Um, but yeah, Cincinnati, LA Rams is probably the, the standout game for me of the four. Uh, we'll probably put a standout, uh, probably put a poll out and see which what everyone is uh, probably up for. I'd, I'd assume Tampa Bay, Carolina, will probably get a few fans just because of the uh, the, the the offenses. But I think that Cincinnati game uh, could be could be the best one of the of the four. Uh, Adam, what do you reckon?
2: Well, obviously, I'm going to say yes. But um, from a neutral point of view, you've got the added kind of um story of the uh, Rams quarterback coach is going to be the new Bengals mm. head coach so mm. there's a little bit of a connection there and the Bengals I are, are, again I know I'm biased but they're really not that far off from being a decent team the coaching change for all we know could really change things up mm. so and and obviously you've got the Rams who are in the Super Bowl so you could get the holders over here for the second year in a row which is brilliant for NFL UK yeah
0: yeah, and Lee, I suppose uh, I know he's one of my favourite players, but Joe Mixon would be uh, quite a quite a draw.
1: Yeah, definitely. No, like Adam says, I agree. Um, Bengals are going to get better, and they're going to be a good team next year, I think. Mm. Um, and then obviously, like like you both said, that it's going to a good draw for the UK again to get the Super Bowl champions. And uh, yeah, it'd be really good. I think. Possibly. Don't sound too negative because I do think they are a good games. That's my that was my first impression. I thought I oh, thought it sounds good last year, but it, they are a good game. Mm. Um, and yeah, it will be good. And then yeah, like I said, it's good to get the divisional games. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, you, you, in my opinion, and I've said this quite a few times on the podcast, you will be seeing the best player in the world um, in that game that you were talking about with Aaron Donald as well,
0: hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so you, that, that that game's probably harder to break down and, and make it a, make it a, like a terrible game. Maybe it might be a blowout, maybe, but uh, maybe not. I don't know. Um, I think we we discussed prior to the podcast that you know the Rams might be losing one or two pieces on that defense anyway, so it could be could be a shootout.
1: Yeah, no, they, they all could. And, you know, they do have a tendency to, to be quite a good games, so if memory serves. Mm. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. It should be good. Mm. And, and like Adam said a moment ago, it's, I think it's good to try and get as many games as possible because of the reach, um, like you said. Yeah. Uh, it's good to get, you know, in touch with many fans. I, I obviously experienced it this, uh, sorry, this past season with the Chargers coming over. Mm. Um, Adam's been lucky enough now. But the Bengals come over twice. It's just great for us because, obviously, mm. Get
0: to see our teams in the flash. Yeah, and Adam, I, I suppose at this point you'd take a, a, an overtime tie?
2: Yeah, I'd be more than happy <laughs> with that. But uh, <laughs> as you said, hopefully the Rams will weaken themselves in the summer. But I think... I think, from what I remember, they're actually all right this year. It'll be the year after that they get hit with all the cap troubles. But uh, yeah, we'll see.
0: Yeah, we shall see indeed. So obviously, one of those games on top of the Jacksonville game will be at Wembley. I think there's it's two at White Hart Lane. Yeah, that's if they can get it sorted. Um, still no word, but I, I I I'm pretty sure that that should be that should be okay. But let's talk about the Rams then, guys. Let's talk about the uh, the Championship games. It's uh, two games that went to overtime. Um, let's start yeah, Rams at New Orleans. New Orleans out to an early 6 uh, nothing lead with two field goals. Obviously, that was in, uh, sandwiched in between a, a goff uh, interception. Uh, no Rams first down in the first two drives, which was the first time that they've done that this season. Uh, Todd Gurley, just before t- uh, touchdown, just before half time, made it 13 10. Um, and that was obviously preceded by uh, a field goal drive from the Rams that inv- involved a Johnny Hecker pass on a fake punt. Um, it's similar similar to that of uh, a couple of weeks ago when the Saints did it to the Eagles um, with uh, with Taysom Will obviously getting the first down and reinvigorating the offence for those two teams. But so yeah, Todd Gurley obviously didn't have a great game, obviously come out and said he played sorry, but um, reading reading between the lines, you know, there's there's a lot of stories going out between, you know, he was injured or, you know, he just, uh, Sean Payton, uh, not Sean Payton, Sean McVeigh wanted to go with a hot hand and CJ Anderson obviously with the bulk of the carries. Uh, Going into the second half, both teams exchanged touchdowns in the third quarter. Uh, and then the fourth quarter it was all field goals, but obviously the controversial moment, guys, uh, the, the non-pass interference call there on Tommy Lee Lewis, Sergio Bullock not, not there, not being able to make the call on that one. <laughs> that was inside, the, obviously. That was inside the two-minute warning. So effectively, that, that call gets made. Um, you know, that's victory formation for, for the Saints, and Will Lutz pokes it through and sends the Saints to the Super Bowl. So my question to you, Lee, um, was that one of the worst calls in, in postseason history?
1: Yeah, it really was, wasn't it? That's kind of what I was alluding to earlier when I said that we didn't really get the right teams. Because um, yeah, like you say, if they get that call, that's it. That's the end of the game. Um, and yeah, it's kind of soured um, the game really because I thought it was a great game. Uh, it had offense, had defense, had special teams play. It was really good, really good game. Uh, and then yeah, it comes down to you know being decided by an officials' and decision or non decision as it was. And kind of sounds it, doesn't it? And, but at the end of the day, just, are we even shocked if this happens anymore? Like, the standard of officiating mm. is, it's been pretty bad mm. uh, for the whole season, I think. And, uh, yeah, it's just these things. And then they're going to make changes to the, you know, possible changes to this rule and make it reviewable, Yeah, which I think will just make it a huge grey area, like the Cats rule. Yeah. Uh, it was, even though, you know, we, we said recently that we've seen improvements in that, but I think, yeah, this is going to make it a huge grey area if they do make it. Mm-hmm. And they sort of kind of need your reactions to it. Yeah. yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it'll, it'll kind of take a backward step, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, we, we did get the wrong result. And, yeah, it did make a massive influence on the game. It, it, it swung it the opposite way almost.
0: Yeah, because obviously that was on third and third and whatever it was, but uh, inside the two-minute warning. But, um, you know, in the end, Will Lutz put the field goal through and um, Greg Zerline obviously tied it up, going into overtime. Breeze with the interception. Great play there by Dante Fowler getting the pressure on uh, Drew Breeze and John Johnson with a nice falling-back uh, interception catch there. Um, you know, shielding off uh, Michael Thomas, there trying to be become the defender if, in, in essence. But let's let's not actually forget that Greg Zerline's hit hit the longest field goal in overtime history, 57 yards, Adam. And um, yeah, I mean that, that yeah, this game's forever going to be marred as, as as one of those calls. But we could we could sit here on this podcast for, for hours and talk about you know what they should do with with the ruling of pass interference, making it challenge, challengeable or whatever. But um, you know, it it's football. These these things happen.
2: Yeah, I think um, around the NFL said that Belichick has requested that all decisions are challengeable, but that'll make the games six, seven hours long. So yeah. that, that's not realistic. And yeah. the thing with the pass interference, obviously this one was incredibly obvious, but a lot of them are judgment calls and they yeah. just can't really be reviewed. I, I think it is it's very, very dangerous if they do open it up to that. I think yeah. they will obviously consider it over the summer. Mm. Um but yeah, we'll see. Um, as you say, with Zerline, he hit the 57-yarder. He hit the 48-yarder to send it to overtime. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he he definitely deserves to be can well talked about, but mm. obviously he won't. Especially now that some lawyer has decided that um he's going to sue the NFL or <laughs> something something stupid like that. He's trying to get them to replay from that pass interference call, which <laughs> which is just ridiculous. I mean, th- there was a few. The referees, in fairness, they were letting everything go. There yeah. was quite a few things. There was the touchdown that the Saints scored on um, double zeros that should have been called a delay again, that they let go. There was a few face masks that they ignored. That They let a lot go. They mm. just kind of overstepped the mark with, with that final one. Mm. But it shouldn't have even got to that because the Saints should have just ran the ball twice, got the Rams to burn out the timeouts, and then they wouldn't have had to throw mm. it anyway.
0: Yeah, obviously referee, referees there. We call him the bird box referees, I think. But um, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously the, a lot's come up. The, you mentioned there about the guys trying to sue the NFL. I mean, only in America does that happen. But um, you know, we've we've got Article Fifty over here in this country with with Brexit. But you've got this old Rule Seventeen, Section Two, Article Three, which is obviously the second most well-known article uh, in the world now. But um, I, I saw that um, in in America, someone started a position, petition, and over three hundred thousand people have already signed it. Um, so that's quite interesting. But I don't, you know, I don't think anything's going to happen. I don't think they'll they'll make these kind of plays reviewable i did I did wonder actually if it was worth having having them reviewable within the, the last two minutes of a game or within a half because then that doesn't make the game long but it also gets you you know the, the important parts of the of the halves uh you know you're not gonna you're not gonna screw it up so yeah you know, maybe maybe that was one um yeah that was one maybe alternative but like you say adam if, if you're going to start reviewing penalties or flags and that kind of stuff it's just going to be it's just going to be ridiculous um i know the counter argument to that is keep the challenges the same um you know they're not just because they can challenge them it's not likely to mean that they they are going to challenge it because at the end of the day it's uh, you know like in cricket where you've got an umpire's decision or you've got you know var where it's you know it's only clear stuff if if someone's past interfering with someone, or you know, there's there's a penalty that's you know can be fifty fifty, it's not going to get overturned anyway. So the likelihood that coaches are, g- are going to challenge those kind of things, and especially when you've got dumbass coaches like Mike Tomlin uh, and, and all the rest of them not being able to win challenges in black and white situations, they're not going to win one in grays. So um, True. yeah, It'd be interesting to see obviously the fallout. It will blow over after a couple of days, and everyone will look forward to the Super Bowl. But uh, who who are we rooting for in a Super Bowl? Rams or Patriots, Lee? See.
1: I want to say the Rams, because obviously no one likes the Pats, but thinking with my Chargers hat on, it might not be the best if the other LA
2: team wins the Super Bowl. (laughs) But I might have to say the Patriots, To be honest, yeah. Adam? Um, I I want to say the Rams for Andrew Whitworth, just because the service he gave to the Bengals with no success at all. Uh, and now he's gone over there and he, he's just a beast at left tackle and the fact that he does so much in these communities as well, mm. uh, he deserves success. Mm. But then you look at the Patriots and they've got uh, Rex Burkhead, who's a former Bengal as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think the Rams, because like I say, Andrew Whitworth is um, not not a hero. He's not a legend, but he's a very, very upstanding bloke.
0: Mm. Yeah, maybe you should do the uh, L'Oreal adverts, maybe uh, be- because I'm Whitworth it.
2: <laughs> hey! Hey! <laughs> I- I don't think you will get too much with uh, the amount of hair he's got. I no. <laughs> yeah. Um going
0: to say, he's bald, Yeah. Just some stats to come out of this game. Um, only 125 rush yards for, for both teams combined in this one. Uh, they went to the air quite quickly in this one. Just want to get your thoughts, uh, Lee, we'll go with you first. Obviously, Drew Brees, um, coming into the game, he said that, well, I said, that Jared Goff may let, the of the, of the four QBs left in the playoffs, so he might be the one to let... Let that his team down, but he made some big, uh, some big plays with some pressure in his face uh, in the in the clutch moments. You know, is Nick Foles-esque, and then maybe you know Drew Brees kind of didn't have that, that good a game.
1: I, um, I didn't think Drew Brees played badly. He kind of he did have that play where like well, Adam alluded to a moment ago when they could have ran it twice and he kind of threw it really low and it kind of killed the court right towards the end. But I didn't think he played badly. Goff started. Off, really off the boil yeah, and got yeah, better I think yeah. Brees maybe went the other way mm. I was actually thinking back to last week when we were talking about Goff and um, you know how he might not be able to have the, the, the uh, with Sean McVay in his ear as much because of the crowd noise and it came to fruition didn't it right mm. at the beginning of the game yeah. and he really couldn't hear anything I thought he was going to implode from that point on mm. but um, yeah he seemed to sort of get that sorted out and uh, yeah found a way to, to sort of up his game as the game went on so no he, he really stepped it up Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially without the, the sort of running game backing him as well. So, yeah, no, he played really well.
0: Yeah, Drew Brees, just uh, mentioned on him, he's uh, now thrown t- uh, touchdowns to 15 different players, uh, including playoffs, in an NF- which is an NFL record for a season, uh, like I say, including the playoffs. Uh, the Rams, interesting stat for you. Rams are 12-0 and when they've recorded two or more sacks, but two and three when they've only recorded one or zero. So, um, you know, it-, it goes without saying that getting pressure on the quarterback is key to to Getting turnovers and getting decent, you know, getting three and outs and, and, what, and whatever. But um, yeah, the, the only time the Rams led in this game, obviously, was at the end of the game. Uh, and I don't know about you guys, but if you're going to win, if you're going to be leading at one point in the game, you suppose you want it to be at the end of the game, Adam.
2: Yeah, yeah, they timed it well. Yeah, with um, with regards to Breeze, obviously, I know we were going to talk about his, uh, his his weaker arm, and it, it goes to show. I did a little a little bit of research because um, it was it was um, mentioned to us. Um, from next-gen stats, apparently they have intended air yards, which obviously is how far you throw the ball through the air. And he was one of the lowest. He, was, um, he only had five people below him uh, on the qualifying quarterbacks. Mm. Uh, he had people like Eli was above him, Dak was above him, Mariota was above him, all on um, intended air yards. Uh, he was actually 6th bottom. There was only players like Cody Kessler, uh, Nick Mullins, Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton with his dirty shoulder, <laughs> and Jeff Jeff Driscoll were all below him on intended air yards, which um, it, it it's either he is doing it because he knows he can't throw that far, or is part of the game plan. I mean, he was the highest in completion percentage in the league, mm. um, beating his own record from last year. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think obviously 41 is, he turned 41 this week, didn't he? Um, yeah. That that's kind of the the age for quarterbacks to start falling off and I just wonder whether whether that is it. Um his longest completion of his of the season is forty five and a half yards. Mm. Sorry, air air, air yards. yards. Mm. Um and yeah, like I say, that's one of the lowest in the league. So yeah, be maybe, maybe he is falling off a bit, but he's still one of the best QBs in the league with his accuracy.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he, <clears throat> he said he's coming, he's coming out and maybe have another run uh, next season. I mean, why wouldn't you? And you've got that contract that he has. Yeah. But uh, you know, you mentioned there about you know potentially being in the game, being the game plan to not throw that far. But then you know they've got Treycon Smith, they've got Ted Ginn. These are guys that sprint down the field um, for, for the long bombs. You know, they're, they're not quite Tyreek Hill, but you know they're not built for the dink and dunk like maybe like a Patriots team uh, necessarily is. So yeah, maybe I think maybe a bit of both. Um, yeah. Because Kamara got a lot out of the backfield as well, didn't he? He nearly got 100 yards receiving. Uh, a lot of
2: dump-offs, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, he underthrew Ted Ginn a week yeah. ago for that interception on the first pass. He underthrew him this week, which Ginn made the um, adjustment for and saved him. So, yeah, I, th- I think they're obviously having to adapt to um, his abilities, I think.
0: Yeah. And uh, talking of adapting, the uh, LA Rams de- defence adapted well to Michael Thomas in this one. Obviously, burned them the first time out earlier on in the season. Pretty much shut down... Uh, in in this one uh, I think he was held to under 50 yards I think um, but yeah I mean Michael Thomas one of the one of the leading receivers uh, in the NFL this season and, and since he's been in the league so last week he's broken the record for um, most re- most receptions I think uh, in the first three years uh, of a career but Lee uh, I suppose he has a tendency I don't, I don't know if you put it on more on breeze or maybe the game flow um, but yeah he sometimes goes missing Michael Thomas Despite, despite his, you know, the amount of targets he's caught and, you know, same records of ninety percent in in receptions to, from targets, and but every now and again he he just puts in a, a cold one.
1: He um, he started off quite well. You like, did, I think yeah. He got four catches and he he had three of those in the first quarter. I think I might be wrong in saying that, but it was something something along those lines. Um, yeah, he just yeah he just just like I think you could probably say about most receivers They just you know lay a bad one and every now and then. Mm. Uh, but yeah, you, you know, you think with his personality and, and how dominant he's been, you think he'd step up in these moments, mm. but then, these, like you said it yourself, Kamara almost got 100 jabs, so yeah. maybe it was, the Rams putting pressure on them and then they're looking to shorten mm. the amount of time that Breeze was holding it and then obviously Kamara's, his sort of safety valve as well, so, mm. yeah, uh, they played a lot of man coverage from what I saw as well, um, you know, if you've got people like Aqib Talib, uh Marcus Peters, Sam Shields, they're not bad corners, no. In man, so yeah, you know, you got that as well. That aspect, mm. so maybe a bit of a game plan, you know, and and also uh, just situational stuff, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm talking a, talking a quiet game Adam. Todd Gurley, four, four, uh, four attempts for 10 yards and a touchdown, and one reception for three yards. Um, what, what happened there?
2: Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? Like you said, if um, he's said that he was fit and ready to go, and we saw him on the bike at during the play, but uh, CJ Anderson, I think, has probably earned. The um the rushing attempts. I I also wonder whether it was something to do with the communication issues that they had, because they normally play eleven personnel with three wide receivers for something like 91 percent of the time, but they played a lot of two tight end sets in this game, and I think maybe they were just trying to go a little bit more power and a little bit more bash up the middle. Um, obviously CJ Anderson didn't get a huge amount of carries. I think he got ten or so. He just about got my. Uh, yardage for me 16 carries for 44 mm. so I, I don't know whether it was possibly something to do with the communication issues that throw into girly out the backfield was maybe um a little bit more difficult to communicate or difficult to enact yeah and uh, whereas cj anderson he's a bowling ball in uh shape and style mm. and i think he, he, he in fairness he was making like three four yards a carry every time so Maybe it was just game scripts. I don't know, and mm. maybe they're just saving him for next week. You know, the Patriots like to do it. They mix up their game plan each week, and we think that no one's that people like um, people like Burkhead aren't going to do anything, and then they come out and score mm. a couple of touchdowns. So yeah. I, I'm not not entirely sure, but it was uh, is a little bit weird to have the guy who scored the most touchdowns in the regular season on yeah. the bench doing nothing.
0: Yeah, and like you say, yeah, CJ Anderson, a bit of a bowling ball. How's this for a for a link? Um, obviously, he was in the gutter at some point in the season. <laughs> um, obviously, started the season in Carolina, got cut by Carolina after having no no you know no carries no touches some weeks. Uh, was signed by Oakland for a week when Marshall Lynch or Doug Martin was injured, wasn't he, uh, for that week, and then cut by the Oakland Raiders, and now now Lee, he's uh, off to the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, but it's a nice
1: story, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, he sort of earned it as well. Um, I'm not sure how much he earned it throughout the game. Cause like I said, like Adam said, uh, you know, two point eight yards of carry there. But he is right as well. Um, New Orleans obviously got out of a great start, and then they just went really heavy on them and mm. try and get back into it. And it sort of did work didn't it with Gurley getting it at the goal line and scoring yeah. late on. Yeah, and
0: it's
1: the way the game went, I think I don't think there was I don't think there was any sort of conspiracy behind it. I don't think there's any. Uh, you know, injury or anything. If if is he's fit, he's fit. I'm not, just not. Don't think he's gonna sort of uh, not disclose anything. I don't think he was on the injury report beforehand. I just think it was just a, the game situation, and mm-hmm. they kind of wanted to go with Anderson's power up the middle
0: more yeah. often than not. Mm. So where do we where do we think? So CJ Anderson obviously picked up by the Rams. Do we think he comes back to to LA next year, or do we reckon he goes somewhere else?
1: I don't think he's gonna stay around. Mm.
0: So, where do we, Adam? We go to you first. Where, where do you think maybe CJ Anderson uh, ends up?
2: Um, obviously, there's a few people that need uh, need a running back in a row. He could go to Buccaneers with um, Bruce Arians there, although he I think he prefers more of a pass catching back. Um, obviously, the Raiders, as we mentioned, he could go back there if they don't bring in bring Lynch back. Uh, the Jets, possibly uh, the Colts. Although Marlon Mac was looking really good. So there's a few few places he could go to. I'm sure he doesn't cost too much either. So, mm. yeah, there's um, a few options. There's a tweet that's literally just gone out from uh, someone who covers the Rams for ESPN saying, Sean McVay says going into the Super Bowl that he must do a better job getting Todd Gurley involved.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like me getting up in the morning and saying I need to do a better job of putting my clothes on.
2: Pretty much is uh, one of the most uh,
0: pointless statements that I've seen for a while. Yeah, mm. um, yeah. So uh, Lee, of CJ Anderson's twenty-seven years old, he'll be twenty-eight going into into next season. His birthday's in a couple of weeks, actually, finally, week after the Super Bowl. Um, but I, here's here's one for you. Could uh, Mark Ingram, obviously, there's it, it, a lot talking of him leaving or wanting to stay. Blah blah. You know, saying he's grown up in New Orleans, met his wife. Blah blah blah. But I don't think he'll be back. Could we could we see CJ C. J. Anderson in New Orleans? He's
1: cheap. Nah. I think they'd want someone a bit more dynamic. Can um, they go Kamara? Yeah. yeah, yeah, but, you know, well, I'm not talking about having chalk and cheat. You know, Ingram can still catch out the backfield as well, whereas Adam doesn't offer anything for that. Um, how about Anderson to the Steelers to back up James Connor.
0: So back up. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, I... It's no, not, not going to
1: be a feature back. Dude. No, he's no. Not. Well... It's going to be a committee kind of yeah, thing. And you're not going to... I don't think you're going to trust James Conner 100
0: percent after just one good year. Mm, true. You could you send him to the the Jets, where all running backs go to die?
2: Well, now Le'Veon Bell's going there. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to die probably. Um, in,
2: fair, in fairness to CJ Anderson, he had a thousand yards, a uh, thousand yard season at the Broncos, and I wasn't in 16 games. I was in. A shortened season for him, and obviously he's won the Super Bowl before, so yeah, he, he's not—he's not that bad of running back. I, I don't know—I um, don't know why the Raiders got rid of him. To be honest, maybe he was too good for them, and uh, it would have it would have spoiled their plan wasn't, for the season. Wasn't
0: old enough, yeah, too
2: young. Yeah, yeah still in the twenties. Yeah, <laughs> you
0: have got Marshawn Lynch and Doug Martin there. You know, you don't want to, don't want to bring that average down, do you? back. <laughs> um, yeah, like I say, 27 years old though, he's still got a couple of years, he's probably signed a two, three year deal maybe, but uh be interesting to see where, where he ends up, I think he can still do a job like I say, uh, last season there with the Broncos, didn't do a bad job whatsoever so um, yeah, he's got more on his accolades than most other running backs do so yeah, we'll have to see how that one goes, anything else before we move on chaps? Not for me. Nope, all good all right. on that one. Alright, let's move on to the Rams opponents then in the Super Bowl, the New England Patriots getting this one done in overtime. Oh, what a game this was! Tony Romo was at his fluid best. Uh, New England out to a was it fourteen nil, fourteen nothing lead. Uh, opening touchdown drives of eighty and ninety yards. That eighty yard drive opening up there for the Patriots was the largest in the Brady Belichick era in terms of plays, uh, which was fifteen and time of possession eight minutes oh five. But uh, Lee, this was an absolute masterclass uh, in in drive you know compilation from from the Patriots. You know, numerous drives there. You know, long yardage, loads of time off the clock, and loads of third down conversions.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is just a really good game in general. I thought. Um, yeah, like you say, the Patriots jumped out that lead. The the Chiefs came back, and then obviously it came down to to overtime. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just that goes back to what I was saying last week. they were just that well-oiled machine again um, against sort of a little bit of a less experienced Chiefs side. Um, it kind of it kind of was. Exactly what we sort of said. You, you said it yourself that you know the Chiefs have got to be careful on penalties, and then they had that late offside penalty mm. on the mm. great interception play. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that, that's like a turning point. And then yeah, you, you just got you just got the people like Julian Adelman, who just caught absolutely everything apart from that one that went off his fingertips. James White running for those third downs when you expect him to be catching it—it's just the way that they do things. So they do things a little bit differently. Than you expect, and it kind of catches you out. And then, but they they've got those go-to players like Edelman. They've got White. Gronk came back, and although he wasn't at his best, you know, he he did some vital things, caught some vital catches. And then, you know, when when you when you sort of see Kansas City kick the field goal towards the end instead of going for it, and you kind of leaving it the coin toss. And we'll probably talk about the overtime rules in a in, in a moment. But you know, you you kind of leave it in, in the fate of a coin toss. and You kind of think if the Patriots get the ball, and they did. That it's game over and it yeah. was unfortunately mm. you know it's just it's just kind of those things that you kind of think like yes it's going to happen even before the game you can think mm. yeah the patriots will win uh you know because of xyz and all those things came to fruition
0: yeah just just like an aaron Rodgers final drive against dallas cowboys uh in pretty much every year that they play but uh yeah so open it opening up uh, Kansas city first two drives with punt 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 um, and they were lucky at the end of the game actually not to be, uh, sorry at the end of the first half not to be more behind with the uh, Mahomes fumble, fumble that he managed to recover. But like I said at the top of the show, f- the second half with f- 54 points and it was actually 31 points in the last nine minutes of the game. So um, you know, Tony Romo was finding all different um, octaves there with his voice but um, he, he's just, uh, what, what a man he is in, in colour commentary. But yeah, fourth quarter, four straight touchdown drives after the uh, second Brady interception. Kansas City, like you say, Lee, could have had it one there with the, uh, but for the offsides there on third and ten. But they still had to convert that third and five to Gronkowski there for 20, the 25 yards, which set up the Burkehead touchdown there. Uh, and then Kansas City, obviously, squaring up to, uh, with less than a, was it a minute, less than a minute on the clock to to take it to overtime. Um, you know, that like say when uh, Adam, when it's overtime, similar to the opening drive there, one drive, you know, three third down conversions, some absolute corking catches there. They were all third down and ten conversions, which is what Patrick Mahomes. Struggled with for most of the game, but some of those catches there, like Lee said, from White, Edelman, and Gronk and Hogan, just just with a difference.
2: Yeah, he went to the key men, didn't he? He went to the guys who always do it every year in the what? playoffs. Like you say, Edelman, Edelman, Gronk, and White. They're they are they are um, the key guys.
0: No, Timson's the key guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is awful. Yeah. No. Moving, move, <laughs> I should have said chub or something. I don't know. Anyway, moving on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, You lost me on that one, I'm afraid. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, uh, so like I say, you know, the stats, the stats in this one are actually really, really um, dominated by by the Patriots, you know, total yards, 500 to 20, 524 to 290. Time of possession, 43, nearly 44 minutes uh, for the Patriots to the uh, the Kansas City, just under 21. Uh, third down percentage, like I mentioned a minute ago, 68% there for the Patriots. Um, Kansas City there, under half, 44%. Yeah, I mean, we, we all know what the, the New England motto is. It's about, it's about you know, do your job. And, you know, all of them did, did just that. for every Every player to themselves, you know, did what they were supposed to do. Um, and like I so, so uh, I suppose it, it goes without saying. Should we, should we talk about overtime now? I know a lot of people are moaning. Uh, it's probably just on the back of because Patrick Mahomes isn't in, isn't in the Super Bowl. You know, if Patrick Mahomes gets the ball first and drives them down the field, everyone's it, like loving it because uh, New England aren't in the Super Bowl. But. What Lee? We we'll go to you first. What, what do you reckon of the the overtime rules? Obviously, it's changed over the years. Um, it used to be just the, what well, the first score, wasn't it? If, even if it was a field goal, so they changed it slightly, and it's now the first touchdown, uh, which we're all, all aware of. But um, would you change it?
1: Yeah, I would. I don't think it's. I don't think it's the best uh, because I know a lot of people say you know it's it's kind of like a two way game, and the Patriots uh, sorry the Chiefs should have stopped them, but. Kind of the Patriots didn't have to play defence either. So I kinda of think it's it's kind of unfair. The way I would do it personally, and this has probably been mentioned by loads of people, I'm not trying to say that I'm coming up with like an original formula or anything, is that say let's say the take the game, so the Patriots get the ball, score a touchdown. The Chiefs should have the ball and if they score a touchdown then the Chiefs get another sorry, the Patriots get another possession until someone either doesn't score after a touchdown or scores a field goal. Do you know what I mean? So it's like equal. You've got to like match each other until someone sort of isn't able to to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I, well that, all mm. right. I, I
0: don't know if I can't, sort of said that well enough. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I know. But see, the problem is well, another another one that I've heard is just play another play another quarter, and whoever's winning at the end of the quarter wins. But then it's just like, well, you could still tie. You could end up having yeah. multiple quarters, yeah. and then yeah. again, you're going to yeah. have if you <laughs> if you have that on top of being able to challenge plays, uh, you know, interference calls. You know, God knows we. we Games are going to last days or weeks, aren't they, um, Adam? What were your thoughts?
2: Obviously, it got restricted to um, as short a time as possible because they're worrying about player injury, weren't they? Yeah. And player safety, which is why they've made it into what it is now. I, th- I think at least they should get the opportunity to reply. Um, I think that, um as Lee was saying, just just make it equal, basically, give them both the opportunity. If even if you both, if, even if you do something like everyone starts at the twenty-five yard line. And you just drive from there. Like you get one one go from the 25-yard line, obviously as many many downs as it takes. If you score a touchdown, the other team gets a chance to score a touchdown. Then at least it'll only be like two, three-minute drives Hmm. at a time and it shouldn't extend it too much. Hmm. Um, But yeah, the the thing is, as you say, if it was the other way around, we wouldn't be having any complaints. The fact is, again, like you said with the stats, the the Patriots had double the amount of plays. Um, the, the Chiefs did so they probably deserve to win frankly um, so I guess at the end of the day the right result was there but it does kind of stick in your throat a bit the way it happened that mm. they won the task therefore they get the best chance to, um, to win and then when the Chiefs defence has had to defend so many plays they're obviously tired and much like the Falcon Super Bowl mm. win yeah. it was kind of inevitable as soon as they got the ball wasn't it
0: yeah, I mean, there's a couple of others I just want to throw, throw out there. So I, I, I'll say, that I've got three, um, so if I, I'll, I'll shout them all out and then maybe just have, we'll have a chat on them. So someone someone said, uh, I think it was an American fella, uh, was saying to maybe steal the, the soccer the soccer way of doing like a penalty shootout. So just do like five, three or five two-point conversions and whoever gets the most kind of wins. Oh, and then if you say if it's tied after three or five in terms of how many they've converted, then just do like a sudden death type of shootout. I'm not, not a big fan of that one myself because you'd have, people coming on on off, on off the field um, yeah. all the time. But yeah, the other one was uh, similar to your one where you, you said about the start on the 25, maybe just start on the 50. Um, and then the final one is that, you know, if the opening score is a touchdown, let the other team reply. And then if that's a touchdown, you know, say then the Patriots get the ball back for the second time. If they then score a field goal, then it's the game. It, that's the game because they've both then had the ball. Um, and then, you know, it's another... It's a, it's a third possession, essentially, so... Um, don't know any any anything you like there.
1: Well, the third one is essentially what what I was trying to explain. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't like the three point conversion. One, uh, I don't know. I just, I just think like visually for like the fan in the stadium, it wouldn't be that good. No, I just don't really like the idea of it. I like the idea of an actual because it's kind of it's kind of like leaving it to one play. Whereas I like the actual like building of a drive and mm. the fact that you know it's not all on the line which is one play for both sides of the ball, yeah. for both teams, it's you're able to play it out and, you know, you can make a mistake, but, you know, it won't cost you too much. Whereas if you do something like uh, the Chiefs did against the Chargers for that two-point play at the end of the game when you only have 10 players on the field, then, you you know, you might lose Super Bowl or something
0: like that. Mm. Yeah, okay. Uh, Adam, anything from you?
2: um maybe just change the rules in the playoffs obviously during the regular season keep it as it is but may- maybe just when it is knockout games you might have to um swap stuff up a bit but no that as as you both alluded to obviously i don't i don't really think the penalty shootout idea is the best idea because people will be on and off the pitch and they won't be getting enough rest and there will probably be increased player injuries anyway mm. um but yeah the, the last one it makes the most sense at least give people the at least give the opposition the chance to have a go mm. but I, I doubt anything will change frankly I think they'll probably keep it the same because yeah. it is what it is yeah.
1: I mean, I, mean I, I,
2: I think as well like like, like Tim
1: said that I think we've got the right result anyway the Patriots deserve to win it's not like there's no controversy about it it's just the, the manner of it I think
2: mm.
0: yeah yeah I mean I like, I like it how it is I know I'm probably in the minority but I don't mind how it is uh, I mean certainly if it was the first score any any score i was against, I'm against that because i say how how easy is it these days with this off these offenses to to get within field goal ranges and again, if you've got greg Greg the leg or legatron on your team then you don't even have to get that far past the the, the twenty five yard line do you? so <laughs> um no. yeah a couple of a couple of time uh, of things to talk about in this game um firstly do we do we despite all the uh the New England dominance, and you know the right rightly progressed to the Super Bowl. Do we do we feel that they maybe got a bit fortunate there that they you know Kansas City pegged them back and got pushed up over time? Did you think it should have been maybe a bit more comfortable for New England, Lee?
1: Um, no, not really. You know, yeah, they had a great start, but then the Chiefs have got that sort of dynamic offense and yeah. sort of high-powered offense that they're always likely to come back. Mm. It was said many times in commentary that you know I think Rob said it a uh, you know, hundred times that. They don't need that long to score and yeah. they can go along. And they did it a few times because I was mentioning it, wasn't I, last week about the tendency to get beaten on the deep ball, Patriots, and, they, you know, they went for it a few times and they, they don't need a lot of time. So there's always that sort of quick hit element of the, the Chiefs' offence that always meant it was likely. And it made for a better game as well. So, you know, I think we I think we, we, it sort of went down in the right way.
0: Mm. OK, and Adam... Uh, the other talking point, obviously, in the game that we kind of s- didn't even talk about, really, was the uh, Edelman, Edelman uh, return that was uh, overturned. Were you, were you surprised at all that that was, obviously, a, first off, it was judged to be touched uh, by Edelman, returned, obviously, for, to by the Kansas City special teams uh, for a touchdown. Were you actually surprised that it was overturned back to not touched, considering, you know, all this replay stuff of, like, incon- you know, conclusive evidence? You know, considering the, the, the nature of the play... Uh, I was actually surprised that they overturned it because you can't tell from angles if if a ball's touched yeah it's not like cricket where you've got a snicko or you can you can you you can tell on the heat map where a ball's touched uh, I was actually quite surprised they overturned it
2: um yeah yeah I can see where you're coming from to me it doesn't look like he touched it but is it conclusive that's my, yeah, evidence that's obviously my point. that's uh, yeah that that that's obviously the issue is did did we see it from multiple angles in the end? I've only seen the one angle.
0: I think it was from, I think it was one um, or two, but it was it was still hard to judge. You know, unless they hadn't maybe together. It's still it's it's all about that that conclusive part of the of the yeah. the, the statement. But yeah, and no, I was I was just surprised. It's one of those where you know you kind of make a ruling and then you have to stand by it because you can't do anything of it. So that's why I was I was just surprised. I don't, Lee, uh, Lee, got any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, like you say, I think we saw it from two angles. I think there was a side angle that, like, from the game angle, mm. uh, where you can't tell. And then I think there was like an angle from behind as well. But I think it was inconclusive again. So mm. I really, like you say, I'm really surprised they didn't stick with what they said on the field because mm. I don't see any conclusive evidence to say otherwise. Mm. But yeah, I think they did get away with one a little bit there. Mm. Although you can, you, I don't know if it was a bit of kidology from Edelman, but he kind of reacted as though. He hadn't touched it because, as a yeah. Chiefs player, broke away. Play, obviously, he couldn't score a touchdown anyway. But your natural reaction, if he had touched it, would be, "Oh crap!" Go and tackle him. him. And then he would have set off running, even though, like I say, wouldn't have counted anyway. And he probably knows that rule as well, being a Patriots player. Yeah, yeah. But he, he kind of didn't move, which would kind of make me think that he didn't touch it. Mm. Yeah. And he probably didn't. But I'm not saying he did. Yeah. I'm just saying that I don't see how you can overturn the call on the field because it's just not conclusive to me either.
0: Yeah. No, that's fair enough. And then finally, just before uh, we move on to the full ten questions, uh, I, was, I thought it's quite an interesting decision there by the, the Chiefs to defer to the Patriots in the first half, considering what went on the week prior with the Chargers uh, and the Patriots just stormed out to a lead. There, maybe a bit bit naive there from the from the Chiefs and deferring, Adam.
2: Yep, yep, definitely. Um, obviously, I mentioned last week in the betting segment that the Chiefs are outscored their opponents by over a hundred points in the first quarter. So I would have thought that they would have gone against the um, general kind of logic. I mean, general general game plan is that you defer so you get the ball for the start of the second half and then you get a chance of scoring twice in a row. But given the fact that they have been that good in the first quarter and first half specifically, I'm surprised they didn't just take the ball and try and ram it down their throat. So I don't know. I don't really, don't particularly get the logic there. I, I, as I say, it may well have been just because you are meant to defer. But, yeah, to me, I thought it seemed like a silly idea, silly mm. way. It doesn't help that I was betting on fi- first quarter and first half for the Chiefs. Mm. So, um, I thoroughly lost that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I um, yeah, I thought it was a bit weird, especially, as you say, the way that the Patriots went down the field against the Chargers last week was, uh, was seven and a half minutes, and then this week beat that record uh, uh, again. So, I think they probably should have expected the Patriots to um, to stroll down the field, mm. but yeah, I I think it was a silly decision.
0: Mm. Yeah, and Lee, I suppose especially considering they're at home. You know that that Arrowhead Stadium's gotten loud uh, in the playoffs as well to the point where I'm getting really annoyed with that song that they play and they they hum to it or whatever it is. But uh, yeah, do you, similar thoughts
1: there. I quite like deferring, and if you you know you if you're in a big game and you always want to defer and it's the way you've done it all season, then I'd just carry on doing the same thing. I, I, I know what you're saying about, you know, getting out to a good start and how good they've been, that's that's fine. But it's kind of like that, if you get that right, and if they say they came out and they stopped with pats, and then they get the ball back, and then they can still score in the first half the quarter, or the first half, and then you do score at the end of the first half and then get the ball back, mm. it's huge in a part game. So, no, I think if you, if that's what you do all season then stick with it. I mean...
0: All right, so New England obviously joining the Rams there in the playoffs. New England uh, joined the Bills and the Dolphins, the fellow AFC East teams. There's the only, team, uh, only teams in Super Bowl era to, to go to three straight Super Bowls, which is quite a weird one considering they're all in the AFC East. But uh, I didn't know that before, but now you know. And that's a bit of knowledge for you. But let's test your NFL knowledge in the full 10 questions. Okay, everyone, it's time to get your thinking caps on. It's the full 10 questions, and today's guest is a part of the All32UK blog and podcast. Uh, we're joined by Lee. Lee, we welcome you into the show. Thanks for coming on. Uh, what's, your, what's your NFL knowledge like? Uh-
3: we're about to find out. Hopefully, um, better than I think it is.
0: <laughs> well, like, like I say to everyone else, uh, since my pathetic effort uh, a couple of weeks ago, all you have to do is beat three. So, um, hopefully, that should be it. Should be attainable for you. Um, but we, we'll see. We'll see how we go. Uh, it's only it's only easy when you know the answer. That's right. Um, just before we get into that obviously Lee uh, you're part of All32 UK do you just maybe want to give the, the people out there that maybe don't know what All32 uh, is all about like I say you do blogs and podcasts so maybe just give a, a bit of information there on, on that
3: yeah so um, over All32 we, um, we've we got a blog where anyone can write in so if you've got a view on your team or anything that's going on in the NFL just sign up to the site and write the post um, expressing your views and get your view out there so people can read it and we then discuss and debate those on a podcast once or twice a week
0: mm. yeah very nice i just see on your on your feed now actually um guys from one of the guys from five yard russia has actually done an article as well so yeah literally uh, do an article and uh, there, there you go lovely stuff uh, if you want to get in touch with uh, leah's at for all 32 lee uh, and then the all 32 um podcast and blog is at, at all 32 uk uh, very much and recommend you get involved but lee let's uh, let's crack on with the quiz would you like a set of questions a or b Oh, we'll take A. We'll take A. Rightio. Uh, so, yeah, as I'm sure as you're aware, ten questions, no time limit, but uh, if, uh, if you're taking too long, we shall move you along and have to accept the first answer only. Question one. Who is the head coach of the Houston Texans? Bill O'Brien. Which team plays at Raymond James Stadium? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Which quarterback did the Detroit Lions take with the first overall pick in the 2009 draft?
3: Uh, Matthew Stafford.
0: What number does Alvin Kamara wear? 41. The Oakland Raiders are due to relocate to which US destination?
3: Uh, Las Vegas.
0: How many yards does a running into the kick-up penalty incur? Uh,
3: Oh, five yards. Uh,
0: Who is the main artist to perform at this year's Super Bowl?
3: Uh, Maroon 5.
0: Which team in the NFC South has an animal as their logo in the cat family? Uh,
3: the NFC South. Uh, the Carolina Panthers.
0: Which player scored the most touchdowns for Cleveland in
3: 2018? Ooh. Uh, no idea. Um, I'll go Jarvis Landry.
0: And finally, within 250, how many passing yards did leading passer Ben Roethlisberger throw for in 2018? Um... Four thousand eight hundred. Okay. Do you know what I thought? I thought we were on for a full house for a second. Then, very, that, very, very good effort.
3: I, I, that was a horrible last question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the last ones always the hard one. Just we just make people earn that that ten out of ten. Um, but yeah, let's <laughs> let's let's go. Let's recap the answers. So, question one was who the head coach of the Houston Texans uh, correctly identified as Bill O'Brien. Tampa Bay Buccaneers do do play at Raymond James Stadium. Quarterback uh, was Matthew Stafford all the way back in 2019, almost a decade decade ago. Where does the time go?
3: It's scary how long ago that is. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, 41 is Alvin Kamara, of course, and his, uh, his little armbands that he wears there as well. Um, Las Vegas will be the home of the uh, Oakland Raiders at some point in the future. Uh, five yards was a running into the kicker penalty, so congratulations on that one. Did wonder if, they, when I got that question out, whether someone would think it was a rough in the kicker, but um, yeah.
3: Yeah, that was that where my hesitation came from. I was... <laughs> Yeah, got go think it through and get it right. <laughs> yeah,
0: well dodged there. Well, well uh, answered. Um, Marine Five are of course the uh, main artists this year. at this uh, year, about Marine Five family. <laughs> so
3: <can't> I prefer <laughs> some of the old rock bands that they've had um, in the past.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say you're not gonna you're not gonna admit that on the podcast, though. Uh, no. uh, Let's You can tell me tell me off off, off the mic. Um, Carolina, uh, Caroline Panthers, of course, are the cat family in the NFC South. Uh, it was Nick Chubb who was the most touchdowns in 2018. And uh, finally, uh, Bim Rothisberger threw for 5,129, so just outside, oh. uh, just outside of there as well. So very unlucky, but eight out of ten, Lee joined the the, uh, the other guys there at the top of the leaderboard on eight. So very, very good effort there. Oh, that's great. Lee, thank you so much for coming on my friends uh, and we i uh, say best of with all the podcasts hopefully uh, maybe some of the listeners of this podcast who didn't know who you were maybe we'll write in an article for you maybe i'll uh, i'll do one for you over the uh, off season as well cuz it's a long off season to fill isn't it
3: it is yeah give us the opinions on your on your team that's you know that's what we're there for it's great to to get in there and as as we like to say the fan knows best so
0: i do indeed yes uh, uh, yeah i right I'll, uh, I'll i'll put together a Dallas Cowboys one for you uh, over over the summer
3: that's great thank you
0: lovely stuff Eight out of ten cats there for Lee from all 32. Good job to him. But fellas, before we uh, before we sign off, now I know uh, we all have Game Pass and it's by far a superior platform to watch all the NFL games because of all the extras uh, you get as well. Um, so you, you can go back anytime you like to listen to all, to all of Tony Romo's uh, colour commentary there in all its glory. But uh, I know quite a lot of people uh, have different opinions, shall we say, of the, uh, the Sky's coverage of NFL now. In, everyone knows that I'm not the biggest fan of Neil Reynolds and I, I can't remember the last time I actually watched uh, a Sky a Sky production of uh, NFL, and do you know what? The thing that always annoyed me over the years was whenever they had the three games on Sunday, they always give it the large about. i <laughs> said like Danny Dyer then. Always give it the large about <laughs> having the three games on a Sunday. But then as soon as the second game finishes on Sunday, you would get those stupid, um, stupid adverts, and you don't get anything at all from the studio in the, in the late game. It's just like you've only got one job once a week to, to do to do three games. What's what's wrong with you? Um, but uh, Adam, we'll, we'll start with you. Um, your thoughts on Sky's Sky's coverage in general.
2: Um, Yeah, I I don't have an issue with Neil Reynolds. I think he gets a lot of stick for not much, really, personally. But I'll be honest, whenever I've watched it on Sky, I watch the game. And then when it goes to the studio, I go to toilet or get a beer or get some food. I don't particularly listen or deal with anything. I I think people get very irate over very little on there. I I agree that it's not the best, um, but I like Jeff. I think Jeff does a brilliant job. Um, There's certain things that they do, obviously. This whole Twitter... Um, board that they've bought in, it it just, it's, I I guess, basically, they're trying to appeal to newcomers and they're trying to appeal to the non-experts. But when you've got someone hosting it or presenting it who doesn't know how to pronounce half the names that they're being made to read, it it just (laughs) lets it down. It just makes it seem like we don't know what we're talking about as a whole.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I also want to just clarify. I'm not, I'm not saying Neil Reynolds is an awful person and I and I hate his guts and, and all the rest of it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just not. You know, just, you know, when you're just not a fan of someone. Like a l- lot of people aren't a fan of me, which is you know, fine. Hard but, to believe. <laughs> all those winners we give Adam, I'm surprised we, we haven't got more of a, more of a shrine. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, this this world, you're never going to like everyone, and just Neil Reynolds isn't my cup of tea. You know, back in the days of Nick Hallin, I was much more of a Nick Hauling fan. Um, he obviously does the boxing now I still f I think still. But um yeah, I I'd say I haven't watched I haven't watched a Sky NFL production for for ages, for for you know, for years. Um yeah, you know, I miss I miss old Kevin Cadle as well. He was a he was a legend. Of course. Um you know.
2: I miss we, I miss Gary Umlack from the uh, Channel Four days. Mm.
0: Yeah. And even even Nat Coombs and Mark Carson who do the BBC games obviously now as well. Um, yeah. that's, also, that's also quite a contentious not debatable thing about you know who to, when you watch if you watch an international series game do you watch it on the BBC or, or Sky or just Game Pass still Lee?
1: I still watch it on Game Pass I, I really I mean I'll just go on, on Sky I think with the whole board thing I think it's quite lazy I think it's quite unimaginative yeah it's trying to engage people but I think it's getting the viewer to create the content for you yeah. people pay yeah. Sky enough money each month they should be able to come up with their own content their own analysis make it fun, educational for casual fans, newbies, and even people who've been watching for a long time. But yeah, not a massive fan guy. Not I don't I think yeah, I think that like you, um, Adam, I think Neil Williams gets a bit of a bad reputation. I think he he puts in quite a lot of work behind the scenes and um yeah, he's kind of like the face you know, at the moment. But yeah, God like you guys kinda of miss Nick Holland. And um, Nick Holland was the guy who when when I started watching anyway. Mm. Um BBC I think it's it kind of needs to take a step forward. I think it's yeah. on terrestrial TV. Yeah, that's obviously open to I think their their sort of coverage is overly basic. Yeah, I, mean, I think it it does cater to the new people, the new fans. That's what you want, but it's kind of like overly. It's kind of like a bit patronising. I I feel, not mm. I don't yeah. think it's overly reliant on celebrities as well. Like how many times are going to wheel out Vernon Kay or Harry Kane, uh, you know, for on the BBC at Wembley and things like that, and yeah. just kind of. Yeah, you know, it can get into a celebrity who clearly doesn't watch the game for very long, mm. as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a catch-22, you know, as well, because. Yeah, if you've got people that are newbies to the sport, then, then that's fine as well. But people like like ourselves, we're, we've we been watching the NFL for years and years and years, and that, that's why we have a game a game pass. But there's certainly a market there, or certainly an opportunity for either BBC or Sky to, to get creative in that they don't have to come up with these, you know, hashtag NFL rookies or hashtag Sky NFL. Like you say there, Lee, it's actually quite lazy that they try and, you know, try and get get the content from the viewers, and you know, it's it's kind of counterintuitive because if they're trying to get you know new fans and to to watch in and and do this Sky NFL stuff, it's not really doing what they want it to. Because you know, people that are, wa- are watching are, are thinking, you know, come on, what? Yeah, you know, it's a bit, it's a, it's just a bit silly, and it just seems to be going a bit, a bit back on itself, and it just it's unimaginative, unimaginative um, to really. But I don't I don't really see. Sky themselves, especially, but BBC. I don't really see that anyone taking the, the initiative to maybe make do something a bit different. I mean, what you what, what are your guys? Did do you, do you watch the NFL show with uh Mark, OC, and Jason? No, um, Adam, you tell you
2: better. No, that, on on the other occasion, I know that everyone loves OC and um Jason. They I, I don't I don't dislike them, they they irritate me. I think they're overly laughy at everything that mm. anyone ever says, yeah. Um, but they 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 do their job that i do get i do see the issue with both sides of it is that they they have to it's a fairly fine um, balancing line that they have to try and make it for the newcomers they have to try and bring people into the game but then i do think they should try and respect the people who watch it because at the end of the day it's still a niche sport and if you're watching something like that you generally know what you're watching so i don't think you need it all dumbed down. Yeah, but the NFL show, I, I don't mind it. I, I tend not to watch it because at the end of the day, it's a one-week wrap-up of, one, sorry, once or twice a week wrap-up of things that have happened. And because I've got Twitter, because of the people I follow, I know all the stuff that's going on anyway. So I can see it being great for people who aren't as nerdy as me. But yeah, I, I Mark and O um, C and Jason, they irritate me a bit, frankly. I know everyone loves them
0: yeah apparently their, their podcast is really good I keep me to get, try and get around to, to listen to maybe one of their podcasts but they've got at least they've got the charisma I know what you're saying they play up to the camera a little bit don't they with their their friendly banter um, it's almost as if they're a married couple for quite a lot some of the times but um, yeah I mean the NFL show you know they're they're at least a bit creative there with the, with what they talk about, and I know it's on after match of the day, and you know at which point in this country everyone's normally gone to bed, passed out drunk. Uh, Many talking about you there, Adam, but uh... yep, <laughs> <laughs> quiet, quiet admission, love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean there's certainly, there's certainly something there that you know if they, if someone does something. Ingenious and and you know catches on, then they can kind of steal the market maybe away there. But NFL obviously have put a lot into the game over over the last couple of years, so you can't kind of bite the bite the hand that feeds it in, in that respect. But yeah, I just think maybe they could uh, they could maybe do a bit more.
1: I think we could do a lot more. To be honest with you, I'm I'm gonna um, sort of expand on this in the coming days or next week. I'm gonna write something about this and it'll be on the website. Mm-hmm. You be able to see sort of my my thoughts. Maybe we'll get you know, other people involved and get get sort of their points of view and see what everyone thinks about this. But I think yeah, I think my general sort of overriding feeling is that everyone just needs to take a bit of a step forward and even if you are a new fan I'm sure you'd like to know about the intricacies and you don't need it dumbed down like Adam said. And I think it, it kind of needs to move away. We've had international games over here for a long time. The NFL started to be showed um, before I was even alive in this in this country. Mm. So people have been watching for long enough now. We, we need to all take a bit of a step forward and just uh, kind
0: of come into the twenty-first century a little bit, I think. Okay, there you go. So that's going to do it for the episode of the Full Ten Yards podcast today. Just before we go, just a reminder that we'll we'll announce the uh, the, the playoff predictor competition uh, winner next week, and um, when after the obviously on the run up to the Super Bowl. Um, because there is a winner, uh, but I just thought I'd leave it out there for another week or so. February competition coming up in the next couple of weeks. Keep your eyes and ears and eyes peeled uh, for that. It's going be, to be a blockbuster competition. Uh, everyone's going to want to get involved in that one. And don't forget, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Full10Yards. You can get uh, Adam at Touchdown Tips, and you can get uh, Lee at Wakefield90. But like I say, thanks for coming on, fellas. Really good chat there. Really enjoyed that breakdown uh, of the show. Um, and so no doubt we will group together at some point again later on in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but like I say, thank you, all the listeners out there for listening. Really appreciate your, lis- your listens, your follows and uh, all your interactions. Had a few DMs this week as well. So really appreciate people getting in touch with us there. That's what it is all about. Enjoy the NFL chat there. But that's going to do it for the full 10 Yards podcast. So in the meantime, it's goodbye from Adam. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Lee. Yeah, Have
1: a good week, everyone. See you on the other side.
0: And it's goodbye from me, everyone, all together. In the great words of Kevin Cato, it's bye-bye bye-bye bye now. bye for now. Bye bye.